It's time for Speaking of Speaking, quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. It is another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. And I have to say, I'm very blessed to know some really cool people in the coaching world. And one of the people I met a few years back was a guy by the name of Mark Mawinney. I talk about Mark quite often because if you want to talk about somebody who has been very successful, not only with speaking, but with podcasting, it would be Mark. And I'm so glad that he's joining us here again today. Mark is a lifelong entrepreneur who helps coaches get more clients without paid advertising, by the way. He also is a podcast host, which we're going to talk about that today because I don't think we talked about that much last time. He's the podcast host of the Natural Born Coaches podcast. He has a massive Facebook group called The Coaching Jungle, and he's one of the only people, I think, on planet Earth that still has a physical newsletter that gets I don't think it's hand-delivered, but it goes through the mail to you every, is it once a month, Mark? I'm trying to remember. It's once a month and it's carrier pigeon. We used to use use dinosaurs hauling stone slabs, but the dinosaurs were a little slow. (laughs) The tablets has passed down from Mark Mawinney. Mark Mawinney, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me back on, Carl. I'm so glad that you did agree to come back. It must have been that much fun last time. You thought, you know what? May as well take it, take I think it one it's more the time. Nostalgia for pre COVID times because you and I met, I think it was late 2018 uh, mm-hmm. at a speaking gig in Toronto. And if we could only go back in DeLoreans and warn Carl and Mark from 2018, what's going to happen? Looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel for getting back out doing events and stuff like that. So fingers crossed. But yeah, I'm back on the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm grateful. I love what you're doing in the podcasting world and everything else. So it's fun to be back. Pleasure to have you. And I know you're looking forward to getting back out there and speaking more because as much as podcasting is great and virtual summits are great, you like to be in front of a real crowd, like an actual physical crowd too. Yeah, no, I do without a mask. (laughs) Yeah, there's a different energy. You and I chatted about this before. I mean, Zoom is great. You and I spend a lot of our days on Zoom. We meet lots of people all around the world. So not to knock virtual, but it can't replace that personal energy from boots on the ground, you know, and I hear coaches and entrepreneurs and stuff saying, well, this is great. I'm never gonna have to leave my home office. I can do this all over stuff. I'm like, no, screw that. I love traveling to different cities and checking out things. You're combining business and pleasure. For me, I want to get back out and traveling and stuff. So not to knock these virtual tools that we have, they're great, but I don't think they can replace the face-to-face actual interaction. And if it weren't for physical events, COVID notwithstanding, but if it weren't for physical events, if something else had happened, if I don't know, there was some other disaster that we could only do things virtual, we would not have met. Exactly. If it was a zombie apocalypse, Godzilla (laughs) attack, you're closer to Toronto. You have to worry about Godzilla and stuff. I'm in Atlanta, Canada. So he's, well, then again, we're closer to the ocean. So we might get Godzilla attacks here. Might get something like that. Okay. Let's start by talking about your podcast, because one of the things that, I mean, that's the world I live in and play in right now is the podcasting world. And One of the things that amazes people when I'm chatting with them and we're talking about, okay, so you want to start a podcast. Great. How often do you want to, you know, post your show? The sweet spot for most people, and this is what I share with people. The sweet spot is once a week is great. If not, at least do it 
every other week, right? So do either a 52 episode year or a 26 episode year, and you can split that by seasons, however you want to do it. But when you started your show, correct me if I'm wrong, but were you not doing your show every single day? Oh, I got a shiver down my spine because <laughs> I also at the time edited my own show. And after a oh, year, wow. my twin brother, Matt, started a thing and I handed it off to him for editing stuff very gratefully. But yeah, it was crazy. I learned from John Lee Dumas. He and his partner, Kate, had Podcasters Paradise. And I joined that. And of course, John with Entrepreneur on Fire was doing daily. He was crushing it, 3 million downloads a month and you know, just doing amazing. I thought, well, if it's working for John, daily must be the way to go, which is kind of the same as never being on a treadmill before and you turn it on full <laughs> blast and then you jump on the treadmill and hope that you can get the hang of it and you go crashing into a wall. It's interesting because as we record this today, we're up over 750 episodes and if you do the math where the show launched November 2014, someone might say, well, how can you be at you know almost 800 episodes right now? Well, that's why for the first mm -hmm. roughly year, it was a daily show. I kind of did it unique. Some people will either go from a weekly show to a daily show or from a daily show to a weekly show. I went from seven days a week to five days a week to three days a week to one day a week. And that's where I've stayed for years now. And I'm very happy with this. For me, that's a sweet spot. My daily activity actually goes more into daily emails that I've been doing for years, but my podcast has stayed at a weekly frequency and I've maintained my sanity that way. I think I took a page from you. I wasn't all out to go seven days a week, but I said, you know what, if Mark can do X number of shows in a week, I should be able to do three. So I started with three shows a week and then it went to two. And then it went to one and then I got busy. I still worked in the radio world at the time. Yeah. So there were a couple of weeks that I skipped. There might've even been a couple of months that I skipped, which you should never do. And I share that yeah. with clients say, don't skip an episode, post an old one if you have to, but don't skip. And then I finally realized that, you know, the weekly is probably a good sweet spot because if you're not posting content, especially in the podcasting world, but if you're not getting out there in front of people, on a regular basis. Firstly, there is a chance they'll miss you yeah. <laughs> and they'll let you know. They'll say, Hey, I haven't heard an episode in a while. Are you okay? Did you have an accident or something? Mm. Or they'll forget you. Yeah, because it's so crowded versus years ago, right? When I started. And now that being said, look at Joe Rogan. You know, he's often doing daily, he's doing three hours stuff like that. People are like, oh my God, how can he do that? If I'm getting paid a couple hundred million bucks from Spotify or whoever, I'll do it every day. I'll do they want me to do six hours, I'll do six hours, and that's fine. But what I found, and this isn't a rule across the board, but I think it is probably accurate. I couldn't justify seven days a week getting seven times the ROI versus one show a week because well for one you know i had some great guests don't get me wrong in the early stages but you do have a higher quality guest with a lower frequency right mm -hmm. when you're doing mm -hmm. daily not that you're going out to find like a hobo on the street to come on the show and everyone else but you're being a little bit less strict when it comes to criteria but you also don't have time to really promote that episode because out oh, tomorrow another episode's coming out then another episode and then another episode so with the weekly i'm able to promote it throughout the week and then when people are getting sick of hearing about that one new one comes out the following Monday. Well, I think there's, there's a certain point to guys like, for example, Joe Rogan, who, you know, does a three hour podcast or even longer and, you know, nobody bats an eye, but if I was to do a three hour podcast or even you, they'd be like, oh, come on, Mark, get to the point. Like it's <laughs> had enough already. And I'm also of the volition. If you have something interesting to say, and it ends up being 45 minutes, great. 
Mm. But don't feel if you have nothing to say that you have to go 45 minutes. 10 minutes can be great. 15, 20, even 30. That's the way I like to roll. Yeah, there's no one answer, one size fits all. Mm. It's whatever works for you. But you always want to keep the listener in mind. It's the same as when you're writing something. Whenever I write an email, content, my print newsletter, I follow Josh Burnoff wrote a book called Writing Without Bullshit. And in that book, he has an iron imperative where he says, treat the reader's time as more valuable than your own. So Mm. I ask myself before I hit send or schedule for an email going to my list, is this going to be worth a minute, two minutes or whatever of my subscribers time to open the email and read it? If not, I should probably go back to the drawing board. So I like asking myself, okay, is this worthy of people tuning in? Because they have so many choices, right? To listen to shows and stuff like that, that I want to make sure, okay, are they going to get good bang for their buck here by putting this in? So I'm not going to drone on for three hours. Also, I talk a lot, so it's tough to wrap it up in 10 minutes or 15 minutes. I don't know about you, Carl. I find when I'm on the host chair, I tend to probably talk a quarter to a third of the time. And then the rest is the guest, you know, so it's maybe a third and then two thirds for the guest. Do you find that ratio for this show? Yeah, that sounds about right. And again, to your point, you know, you want to be having a conversation with people. You don't want to be, you know, having the monologue or, you know, your guests just go down a path that leaves you as a host going, okay, now what do I do? (laughs) Thank goodness for editing. It's a good thing this isn't live. But yeah, I tend to leave a lot of wiggle room for the guest. Now that could be dangerous because depending on the question that you have for your guest or how the conversation is going, they might answer with yes or no, or maybe. So those short, you know, closed answers that really don't say much and lead you to say, can you elaborate on that a little bit? But generally, yeah, it's definitely a conversation and it's probably about a quarter of the time I would say that I'm speaking. So the podcast has been very successful. Have you noticed that it's brought more business to you? I wouldn't be doing this for that long if it hadn't. As much as I enjoy <laughs> podcasting, you know, if you're not getting an ROI, you should probably fix it or do something mm-hmm. different. So I don't think I'd ever be the type you see guys that do like a thousand episodes of a Star Wars or a hobby type podcast or cars. That's great if they're into it. But me, I'm like, no, show me the money. I need to be paid for the time. But yeah, I mean, it's not a get rich quick. Like, you know, Carl, mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, I'll start a podcast and it's going to be this magic money tree that's going to spout out all the screen stuff for me. It took a while to get going. It wasn't one or two episodes and bang, all these clients came in. But between clients and then also joint venture partners, because I mean that's a whole other show, but basically there's mm-hmm. a component in there where I have a joint venture package that pays me a, you know, a fair bit of money. And that's one of the bonuses is those people get a guest spot on the show. So that's a different way of monetizing the show. So yeah, definitely the show is one of my main generators for revenue. You know, There's the show, the community being the Facebook group, there's 22,000 plus people in there. And then daily emails would be my big three pillars that I focus on. And that's what really brings the revenue in. Well, congratulations on that success. And that actually brings me to something else I wanted to talk to you about, because one of the things that, I mean, we could talk about anything. We could just keep talking. We can make this a Joe Rogan length episode if we wanted to, but we probably won't. It would be interesting if we did. We're going to talk about Neil Young. Uh, (laughs) Then we'll start talking about Trump a bit. We'll throw in some different things. We're going to try to get you canceled. (sighs) Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're a pal. That's, That's what I like about you. I think that 
one of the things that a podcast does for people is it does elevate their credibility. It's another touch point for people to develop that know, like, and trust factor. So they can start doing business with you and say, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mark is the kind of coach that I want to have. And because I like his stuff, I like what he's doing. But one of the things that as a coach who coaches coaches, you must see this all the time too, is even as people are leveling up though, they're not charging near what they should be for the services that they're providing, whether it be because they don't think they're ready or they're just not feeling that they're worth it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the coaching world's notorious for this. I'm amazed by how people who are addicted to personal development, coaches Mm -hmm. consume how many books a year, courses, they attend events, they're just like addicted to personal development, but then they have so much trouble asking to be paid or asking to be compensated with a fair amount. I think part of the issue is coaches just naturally want to help people and they feel kind of guilty charging a lot for that. So that's led to what I call Mother Teresa coaches, (laughs) lovingly. But Mother Teresa coaches are those coaches that think you have to be coaching barefoot in some far off village for free. And if not, you're, you know, a cross between Gordon Gecko, J.R. Ewing and some, you know, evil tycoon from name any movie where the rich guy or woman's the evil <laughs> villain with it. And that's sad. You know, I hate to see coaches struggle like that. There's a quote that says, you can't light up the world if you can't pay your light bill. Uh, so if you're on a coaching session with someone and you're worried about getting calls from creditors and you get all this stuff in your mind, you don't know if you're going to be able to pay the rent or the mortgage next week and, and just a lot of stress. Are you going to be playing at your top A game with your client? Probably not. How do you raise your fees? I mean, I know that sounds like a silly question. You just up the fee, but is there a certain fear that goes along with that then? Well, definitely. I mean, every time I've increased my fees, I think there's been a little bit of hesitation. Just uh, you wonder, oh my God, am I going to lose all clients and be living under a bridge, you know, in a box here next week? I don't know. Mm -hmm. The sarcastic answer, I don't mean to be sarcastic, but you just raise them by, you know, just changing them, edit your website or whatever and change (laughs) it. But I know that's simplistic and I I kid. The toughest person to convince isn't anyone out in the marketplace, anyone that you talk to. The toughest person to convince is the man or the woman who's staring back at you in the mirror. Uh, Once you're convinced that you're worth that, then it gets much easier. Uh, So a good example, I mentioned joint venture packages are something Mm -hmm. that I've been selling, been doing flat fee joint ventures since late 2018. That package started at $2,000, you know, where I would take a week, I'd promote the heck out of the partner, they keep 100% of the sales, and you know, we do it that way. Then I increased it to 3000 I increased it to 4000 I increased it to 5000 last year, and I'm going to be increasing it likely this year. Every time I increased it, I worried, I'm like, oh, geez, is this too much or whatever? But I'm like, no, you know what, I do a lot of work with this, and it gets good results for people. I deserve to be paid more with it. And as long as you're able to confidently propose that when someone says, okay, Carl, how much do you charge for X? Mm -hmm. No hesitation. You're worth it. You're putting it right out there. It's actually easier than you think. A really quick story. I won't say the coach's name because he told me this. It's not me, is it? (laughs) Is that why you're not saying the name? It's not Carl. (laughs) Yeah, we'll call him, what would you say? Craig Richards. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) It's a coach I know that increased his fees substantially, he told me, and it was to a scary amount that he was really worried about. So he was on his first call after the price increase. This was an audio call, by the way, obviously you'll see from the story. So the guy says, as they're getting into the end where he talks about working together and stuff is, well, how much you know is your package or how much to work with you? And the coach spit out that scary number. 
And he told me that he had to put his fist in his mouth to keep himself from, you know what the temptation is? If, if some people would say, well, I charge this much, but I do this and I do that. And, you know, I'll do this. If you're not happy with this, I'll do this and blah, blah, yep. blah. And they'll try to oversell it. So he said, he said the price or the new fee, put his fist in his mouth. So he just to shut him up, he wouldn't say anything else. And he said that there's only a gap of like 10 seconds or whatever, but he says the longest 10 seconds of his life. And then the guy goes, great. How do I pay? <laughs> you know, And he's like, Ooh, there you go. So it might be a little tough in the beginning. You might be chewing your fist or something like that, but it will get easier. Like right now I throw a price out to a potential client. And if they try to nickel and dime me, or they try to beat me down in price, right? I'm like, no, this is a price. Mm-hmm. If you're not interested in it or it's not in your budget, cool, no hard feelings. Or I'll propose like my group coaching program or, mm-hmm. you know, a do it yourself that could fit their budget. But I just have like a very strong boundary. This is what it is. And we're not going to haggle like you're buying a used car here. Oh my goodness, Mark. This has been a great discussion. I'm so glad you've taken the time out of your day to chat. Anybody interesting in working with you or finding out more about your JV programs and stuff, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, the main hub is naturalborncoaches.com. That'll get you a podcast, email list, JV info, all that stuff. The Facebook group you're a member of, so thank you for being in there. That's at thatcoachingjungle.com. We'd love to have great people in there. Lots going on, and it's a cool group. So thatcoachingjungle.com. And I'll let you have the final thought before we wrap things up. Oh, boys, final thought. Start a podcast, but I'll put an asterisk on there. Start a podcast, but make sure that you also have a business behind it because there's no sense starting a show if you don't have a plan to monetize it. And I see that's where a lot of podcasters trip up. They think, oh, I'll just start a show and you know the money will come rolling in. There's two halves to that. And one very important half is to make sure that you have a business, a compelling offer, you're clear on who you're helping and something like that to monetize the show with. So make sure it's not just podcast, you need a real business behind it as well. Mark Mawitty, Natural Born Coaches. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at carlrichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking. 